Hello everyone, I'm your host, Cindy Ketzel. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Nine to Thrive HR. In this podcast, we team up with experts to bring you the best in HR, talent management, and business strategy. I'm super excited today. I am joined by Edie Goldberg and Aaron Adams. Edie is the founder and president of E.L. Goldberg and Associates and is no stranger to public speaking. Aaron is the VP of Professional Services at Engagedly. And Aaron mentioned in his bio, he's really grateful for knowledge gained from mentors, leaders, and colleagues. And I have to tell you, Aaron and Edie, I'm feeling quite the same with the opportunity to interview the two of you. Welcome so much to our podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, likewise. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So it's interesting. I'm, I'm reading a little bit about what you all have done and your experiences and what is such a big topic right now for performance management and how organizations are forever changing from minute to minute. So tell me a little bit more about your perspective on how the workplace is changing and it continues to change. I'm going to kind of tee up the conversation here and see what Aaron wants to add in. There are God, a number of things of what is changing in the workplace. Some things are new, some things are not so new. Obviously, we live in a very global world, and I know that a lot of people listening to this podcast have been getting up at all hours of the day and night to take calls from their colleagues all around the world. So we truly live and work in a, a global world today. And I would say digital transformation is one of those things that has been going on in organizations for a number of years, but obviously the pandemic greatly accelerated the digital transformation of a lot of organizations. And that is causing kind of a massive upskilling in organizations because we have new technologies, people need to learn to work in new ways, do different kinds of things. Uh, so that is huge and also leads to the growing complexity of our work. Because of the complexity in our work, we work more and more in teams because we need all these different diverse expertise to come together to solve organizational issues. I know a uh, colleague, uh, Rob Cross, has recently talked about collaboration overload. I mean, we are collaborating all the time. In fact, uh, he had some research that said in the past decade, collaboration has ballooned over 50% of our time, an increase of 50% of our time. So the time we spend working with others is a really big part of how work gets done in organizations today. And I guess one last thing I would throw in there, of course, is with COVID, how work has changed because of COVID. So now we have more remote work than ever before. And now we're starting to look forward to more hybrid work uh, experiences. And that requires a lot of communication uh, that is very different from the way that we've engaged before. So there are just so many different things changing in the workplace. Aaron, you have anything to, to add to that? Yeah, I think the expectation on the tools, right, that we're using to facilitate these processes, to collaborate, um, they're just putting up to a higher degree of scrutiny 
right? The expectations on what these tools can do, how they connect into ecosystems. Uh, that's something that's changed and it's changing. You know, I think uh, the requirements from what they can do or how they can do it uh, is definitely shifted. So I think that's kind of a reality, you know, for a lot of softwares out there that we're having to deal with um, and just, yeah, ever increasing requirements. And that's, you know, changed on a global level too, as he talks about globalization, like how is that shifting from one country to the other? So there's that, those pieces as well uh, from a tool standpoint. So thanks, Edie. Yeah, and in Edie, really interesting. I may not have this quote exactly right, but your mention of collaboration is at an increase of 50% from where it used to be. It's changing the way we're doing work. And like you said, especially in these times. And then Aaron, you know, so on point, I talk to folks, participants, HR professionals um, all over the globe. And I think that scrutiny of tools <laughs> for what we're using, we want it to be easier, quicker, simpler, smoother, tie into what we're already doing in our organization. So I appreciated both of those um, comments. They just really jumped out, you know, for what I think the viewers are really listening for. That I guess that makes me think then more specifically, and I know I teed this up when I was jumping off, but then how do you think performance management is evolving based on what you've shared about the workplace changes? So because the workplace is like in this constant save change, one thing I'll say is companies are looking at how do we be more agile as an organization? So I think that the old days of like set goals at the beginning of the year and forget them until the end of the year, people are really questioning the wisdom of that process. So I think setting either shorter frame goals or a lot of companies are starting to move to using OKRs, objectives and key results, which are designed to be much shorter time frame oriented. I think that's one of the things that's really changing uh, in performance management is that we have to be more agile and adapting uh, to the goals that we set to keep people focused on what's important. And that kind of goes to performance management is no longer this annual process that we do. It's a continuous process. And thank you to Adobe and all the work they did around the PR of when they created check-ins because uh, they may not have been the first company to do it, but they certainly brought a lot of attention to their process of having regular check-ins with your employees, creating ongoing, continuous communication about performance and how things are going. And that's really changing how performance management operates. And I think, you know, those check-ins aren't just checking up on people, right? They're they're having a conversation so that we can coach and help people to get to higher levels of performance. I would agree and echo Edie with some of the stuff you're saying there, like that performance snapshot, right? Kind of shorting the intervals of feedback loops and performance. I mean, that's pretty critical these days. You know, we're moving faster, right? We've democratized information. We've kind of opened it up to people. People kind of know um, a lot of the stuff that we found out about performance management are challenging, like you said, those assumptions that we're making. And they're expecting more feedback. And like you said here, more continuous. I mean, these, yeah, back to that scrutiny as well. I mean, those things are really pushing us. They're pushing us all to kind of rethink 
how are we assessing performance and how close is that to actual performance on the jobs that they're doing? Um, so I was that. And Aaron, I think tools that your company engagedly offers that's so important is that feedback. It's not just from managers anymore. Because we work on all these global teams, you know, sometimes your manager might not even be co-located with you anymore, or, you know, maybe it's not a different country, but it's just a different office. So the people you work with on a day-to-day -day basis on your various teams that you work on, they have a great perspective about how you're working and what's really working for you and what's really not working for you. And so I love, you know, tools that allow anybody to provide input to the employee because that really kind of opens up the aperture and lets people understand how what they're doing impacts other people and how they can improve their performance. Yeah. Well said about the structure and the flexibility around giving and receiving feedback. I mean, it goes back to that work, like how we're doing work. Uh, the requirements that we're hearing these days too in this space is, you know, having not just the managers, but the the work managers, the project managers, everybody having, you know, modalities or methods to give feedback because that's the way they're working. And I, we've seen that shift and that's a more and more becoming a requirement. Some of um, the conversations that we have and, you know, even from a design perspective, um, when we think about performance management and we open up those loops, I absolutely have to account for those. So that's a good call out, Edie. Yeah. And Edie had said, you know, that collaboration is increasing. So that would only stand to reason that we need tools that are going to incorporate uh, these peers to provide that feedback and not just our managers providing that feedback. So that certainly stands to make sense. So and here, I, so oh, go ahead, Edie. No, I was just going to say, I think employees, you know, they value the perspective of their peers. It's not only their manager's opinion that matters to them. So being able to get that feedback from people I work with is important. Yeah. And because that's who we're working with the majority of our, our days and our weeks. I want to know, you know, even Ben, who does technical producing for us, I've asked him for, you know, we, we want to hear how we're doing from our peers. So I think that makes great sense. So let me ask you this, because I, we're talking kind of at a high level around how performance management is evolving. We talked about, obviously, this continuous process, getting that peer feedback. You know, I think, Edie, you had mentioned keeping people focused on really what's important. You know, again, you both talked about gathering more feedback. So for our listeners, I think, you know, this next question might get a little bit at the tactical for them. But what do you think, how do you, how should organize rethink some of those internal practices that we're already using to drive and manage performance in our organizations in order to meet with this evolving workplace or this performance management evolution? You know, I think that companies think about performance management kind of in isolation as this one thing that we do, right? We set goals at the beginning of the year. Maybe we provide feedback at some point in time, and then at the end of the year, we rate people. So it's either kind of viewed as a process to provide input to compensation, or it's just it's viewed as kind of the way we set and evaluate goals at the end of the year. One of the things that I'm so excited about um, engagedly and the reason why I've agreed to, to work with them, I'm an advisor uh, to the company, um, is that they've brought this different mindset 
about performance management to the marketplace, that it's not just about setting goals and being rated about your performance. It's about how do we engage people around performance and help drive performance in the organization. And so they have a whole suite of capabilities that are really all about driving performance in the organization. And Aaron, it, it makes me think about this E3 model you guys came up with. Can you share a little bit with the audience about that? Because I think the framing is really interesting in thinking about performance management in a much broader way. Yeah, I would agree with you around the framing. And I think when we shifted the narrative around performance to the E3 model, that was the idea, right? We need to reframe and um, the tools give us the opportunity to rethink what we're talking about here. So when we work with our clients, we have them think across these three pillars, right? We'd say, okay, well, let's think about how are we connecting? How are we engaging with our employees? How are we collaborating? And we help them to frame that context and think about how these are the tools that I really have today that are engaging them. Then we think about, okay, well, you're engaging them. That's great. How are you enabling performance? What are some of those things that you're doing there? So that's where we talk about, as we mentioned earlier, crowdsourcing feedback, getting perspective, uh, linking in things from some, you know, just-in-time learning solutions. You know, how do we drive that development side? So enabling the employees and then ultimately executing too. Uh, Edie talks about the OKRs and some of those methodologies, like what is the work, right? What is some of those things where we really connect the strategy in and develop a deeper understanding of how our work's impacting the overall strategy of the business and then really connecting back all of those to those performance discussions that we need to be having uh, on some cadence that happens in the organization. So that framing was very deliberate with our clients because then they can start thinking about, oh, it's not just like Edie said, in isolation. We're thinking about a series of activities. So back to the true essence of performance management, right? Not like, um, you know, performance appraisals, packages, performance management, but the holistic cycle, right? That we talk about that happens throughout the year, that's feedback, right? It's learning, it's performance. It's, it's all those things together that's performance management. So helping our clients to rethink that. Uh, the E3 model was pretty instrumental in that. And that's something we've been um, talking about a lot. And that's how we help our clients think about it. And another key element in that is recognition, which most companies think about their recognition process as something separate, but recognition is so important to reinforcing the uh, good things that we do that really make us successful. And so tying that into performance management is I think really important. So I love this kind of more holistic How am I getting feedback? How am I learning? How am I growing? Uh, What kind of things can I learn from others? So that the feedback I'm getting from my peers, recognition and rewards for the work that I do, all of that kind of tied together, really focused on how do you improve individual and organizational performance? Absolutely. Yeah, thanks. And I just feel I missed one of the E3 pillars there, Erin. Did you say, how are we engaging, right? How are we enabling? Did I miss a third E? Yep. So the third one is executing, right? That's where you start start getting into the the quantifiables. uh, A lot of times the goals, right? Which are the cornerstone as we talk about from that driving that strategy. 
Yeah, I missed it. I'm jotting down notes over here. I suspect our listeners are too. So if I missed it, someone else may have too. So I thought I would just double back on that. Um, thank you for teeing Aaron up to talk about those pillars and what's so important in these activities that are going to be so important throughout the year and bringing in recognition. I do not disagree that recognition is a huge part of what's happening during that year. But I think it raises a question. Um, as I was sharing earlier, I hear from participants with HCI, you know, all over the world. And, and one of the things that we are trying to do is make sure that we're leveraging systems and technology that we already have in our organization. So what do you think? How should those things, systems and technology, be leveraged for this way of looking at the future of performance management? This is one of my sore points because I think a lot of companies use technology to automate an existing process. But today, the power of the technology that we have should really enable people to reimagine their process and think about doing things differently. So it's not just how do we make it more efficient with technology, but how do we bring other people into the conversation? How do we, you know, create real-time feedback on performance? Let's say, you know, we're gathering metrics from a system. You know, there are some systems out there, if you work for a call center, for example, that they get regular ongoing feedback on, you know, how many calls they're getting per hour, um, and they get feedback from a manager who might listen in to those kinds of calls. There's technology that can help us to do our job better. Um, one of the coolest technologies I see you know, coming out is around nudges because so often managers forget to coach their employees or make a suggestion or check in. And there's now all this new technology out there that can create a reminder. Hey, when was the last time you chatted with your employee about their goals? Are their goals still like the most critical priorities going on in your organization? Reminding managers of the importance of connecting and talking about what employees are working on and uh, how they're doing and what's getting in the way. So technology needs to not just be about automating the process. It has to be about thinking about how to do it better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is a good, and I like how Edie said it's a big, you know, it's a big pain point for her and um, something she's passionate about. This is something on, from a system standpoint and on the software side of things that we're always talking about. <clears throat> we're always thinking about, okay, these systems, how do we leverage them? How do we get closer to where performance is happening? Like thinking uh, strategically about, okay, well, where is that performance happening at? Is it happening in our system? Right? Or is this where we're going to be engaging and getting things done? And if not, then where is it? Where do we need to be? As we're challenging ourselves to think about performance and think about it differently, you're just trying to close the gap right, to where performance is happening. How do we get closer to that place where performance is happening so that we can create those feedback loops uh, that are shorter? So if we can get closer to that, you know, closer to that time to give them feedback when performance is happening or they're looking for feedback, that's, that's great. Uh, the other thing we think about from a product perspective, we always champion you know, 
the power of integration, right? It's funny, we talk about three E's and then we talk about three I's from a product perspective. We like to simplify things and frame things interesting. But when we talk about being integrated, it's, uh, you know, it is that, okay, let's find these systems where the work's happening and meet those systems where they're at to make us have a stronger discussion around performance or enable our employees or engage them, depending on what we're really trying to drive and focus on. Then we'll talk about intelligent, right? It's not just information for the sake of information, but is it helping us? Are, are we getting the right information that's going to help drive better decision-making processes uh, and learning with the organization? So as we start to get information, are we learning with them to help understand and refine things around the employee, the organization, kind of how we're doing, and then impactful just driving better outcomes. So we always think about those kind of three things when we talk about leveraging technology. And that's important to us when we start thinking about how we connect and how we you know, build today for our clients and then we build in the future. And I think that's a lot of things that I think all people should be thinking about when they're looking at technology uh, from, from the tool standpoint. Yeah. And a couple of things that I heard that stand out are, you know, I loved Aaron, you had mentioned, you know, how do we leverage to create those shorter opportunities for feedback loops so that we are more IRL, right? In real life, um, getting that real life feedback is going to be way more valuable, as you said, comparing it to how these systems were once generated to every year we meet, this is what we talk about, you know, and Edie, you had mentioned that goes right along with that, that idea, what an interesting concept and idea about these nudges. And giving those managers those reminders, shoot, I, you know, in my phone, I'm sure we all do this. I've got regular alarms set to do things. I mean, it kind of, you know, that's kind of what we're moved by. Like, give me a reminder to do this. Um, so yeah, great. I love the nudges and, and the idea of leveraging that technology. How do we find opportunities to make those feedback loops a little bit shorter? Um, so I guess where we're going here would be to think about some of the best practices, right? We're talking about this new world of work. So what would you uh, tout or recommend as some of those best practices around that world of work? I like to look for silver linings, you know? The pandemic provided some silver linings amidst all the upheaval that we've had. But one of those uh, silver linings has been because managers were checking in more with their employees, some research has shown that employees had a greater sense of belonging in their organization because all of a sudden managers were asking them how they're doing and not just total task-oriented questions, but how are you doing as a person? And, you know, what's going on in your life that's maybe getting, you know, in your way of being able to do the things that you want to do, or, you know, do you need relief from something? Do you uh, need more space on something? Do you need more support? And the conversations have gotten deeper and the connection uh, more real. And as a consequence, you know, the research shows that that there is a greater sense of belonging. Employee engagement went up in 2020. Who would have thought that? Well, can't we pull those practices forward as we all look to, you know, what that new world of work is look like and learn that that kind of engagement with your employees, that 
amount of checking in, that support, that really getting to know people and thinking of them as whole people, that that can really help drive performance. Because when people feel a sense of belonging to the organization, that leads to engagement and engaged employees are more productive. So that's one practice I'd like to see us bring forward to the new world of work. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would add on is it's similar vein, just being cognizant of burnout and employee well-being. I mean, I think once we have shifted and we've changed the work environment, the lines are a little blurry. It's a little harder probably to compartmentalize and separate, you know, our work environment from our home environment. You know, it's one of the things I think, you need, especially with people that are really conscientious out there, they're just, they'll put it all on the line. I think drawing those lines and having them feel comfortable to set boundaries and supporting them in that, those well-being days that people are advocating for, I love that. I think as a manager, those are great. You know, you just know that they've been running they just need to stop and take a step back. Uh, you know, I think that goes a long way in these, in these new uh, environments that we're working in. I mean, I think that's the other thing that I would highly recommend on my side. Yeah. So time is getting a little blurred or distorted because for a lot of us, our work and home life are the same place. Yeah. So, so to your point, Edie mentions, and you had said before, you know, let's make sure, let's pull this forward. Let's keep looking at our employees holistically Um, thinking about that idea of belonging and that leads to engagement. It leads to increased productivity. And then Aaron, you, you talked about being comfortable to set those boundaries because our work and our home life is they're blurred right now. Right. So we have to be able to find a way to do that or hope to have our teams help us with that as we move forward in the new world of work. So I guess the other side of that is what are your thoughts around potholes or challenges as we go forward in this new world of work? The long silence. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was thinking of potholes and and challenges. You know, is it really in the new world of work or is it just as we think about, you know, how we use performance management in our organizations and why? Why do we do performance management? You know, what's the whole purpose behind it? And I think the biggest pothole that we have jumped into recently, not recently, for the last decade or so, uh, is, you know, performance management is really, for a lot of companies, it's all about how we pay people. It's really about the manager rating and how that links to your compensation process. But I don't think that's why we should do performance management. That's compensation's job to figure out how to pay people. Performance management should be about how do we improve individual and organizational performance? And you should design your process around that concept as opposed to, you know, designing it strictly for how do we determine compensation? And so the pothole is don't let your compensation process drive your performance management boss. Make sure that you're focused on improving individual and organizational performance as kind of the driving factor and let that determine kind of how you create the elements of your process. Yeah. When you said process there, Edie, it's interesting from like a solution standpoint, you know, 
good tech can't solve for bad process. Uh, is what we always we always talk about from like a tool perspective. The only two things I would add, just thinking about deploying like a you know, like a solution, would be the importance of change management, like understanding change management and change management principles. If you don't do that well, you're going to probably struggle a bit. Um, you know, just because you got the software, again, it's not going to solve a problem. Or you're going to have a new tool, it's going to solve the problem. You got to think through how to introduce it. And then feedback, a lot of times we talk about feedback, we want to get more feedback, but if people aren't comfortable giving feedback or know how to give feedback or understand, you know, what good feedback looks like, they're going to struggle. So on that side, I mean, when we implement with clients, when we work with clients, when I talk to other colleagues with other systems, uh, I think those things, you know, from just a, from a technical side of things, using those tools to help manage performance, those are things to be cognizant of. Some of some of the potholes that I see often, right? All right. So Aaron, I hope I don't trip you up. Repeat that phrase for me. Good tech can't solve for all problems. Is that what you said? Good tech can't solve for bad process. Bad process. Yes. I mean, that is is such a good saying that and then introducing the idea of change management. You're so right. Just, just because we've got the technology doesn't mean that, as to your point, what does feedback look like? That's a conversation, right? The, the technology is not going to help us with that. So Great uh, observation there. So lastly, as we round out our time together, and it's been such a pleasure to chat with the both of you, but as we round this out here, what would you say for our listeners, what would you think are some of the new trends you are seeing as we go forward in this new world of work? I think some of the newest trends that we're seeing certainly is, and we've discussed it here already, is greater use of crowdsourced feedback, allowing more and more people into the process real time and getting all those different uh, voices in around performance. And then the second thing is really kind of a shift, a pivot uh, to focus more on growth and development. You may have heard other companies talk about having a growth mindset. This has become very popular in a number of organizations. Microsoft certainly uh, is really keen in talking about having a growth mindset within their organization, and that's how they're going to innovate to the future. This idea that we focus on our personal growth, you know, when you move performance management from a focus on evaluation to a focus on development, employees stop hating the process so much. Managers stop hating the process so much. And it actually drives organizational performance. There is research out there that says that companies that focus on development and truly on executing on those development plans that we create in a performance management process, um, that those companies have better performance, like 2x better performance than companies that strictly focus their performance management process on evaluation. So that says a lot, like how do we actually kind of get people to embrace this process? So I, I think those are some really important trends around kind of more feedback in the process and more focus on development as a consequence of all that feedback. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, I think the development discussion, I, you know, working with you, it's, um, you know, I love the question you ask, like, what's the purpose, right, of your process? And I think a lot of times those 
if not majority of the time, a lot of the ones that are really driving the impact are around development. From a technical standpoint, previously we talked about, you know, meeting them where the work's happening. That's the trends we're seeing. We're seeing more systems trying to integrate and um, use machine learning to, to break down and give feedback and just where things are happening, digesting that information, those interactions into more meaningful ways to dry, enable employees for development. That's from a, from a tool standpoint. I think practitioners have been so far ahead of technology for so long that that gap is closing. So where it goes next, I mean, it's it's going to be fun to watch just because practitioners have more of an active role in the development of these tools. You know, when we talk with Edie, her feedback's influential, if not extremely important to what we do. I think those are things too, as a trend, you're seeing these more diverse groups involved in the technical design of these solutions because they're the impact and the importance of them has increased with this digital transformation. So uh, these more cross-functional teams as well are, are trends that you're going to continue to see these more eclectic groups uh, within the organizations having a hand in the design around that employee experience and some of the tools we're using to, to help manage that. Yeah, I, I would guess the listeners listening in are, are probably excited to see those changes. I love your comment about uh, the gap where the practitioner is and where technology has been, and we're starting to see see that close up, that's that's important. And just for our listeners, Edie mentioned growth mindset and HCI also is a huge believer in growth mindset. So if you haven't heard of it, listeners, check it out. It's a really amazing concept. So thanks for bringing that up also, Edie. Well, anything else? We're just getting ready to close up here. Anything else uh, before I close, Edie or Aaron? I just really appreciated the opportunity to have us on to talk about performance management. I've been working in this area for well, a couple of decades and actually am just in the process of writing a book chapter about moving from evaluation to enablement. And so this idea that performance management is really about enabling our employees to bring their best selves to work to grow and develop with their companies. That's what I'm really passionate about. And I think that if we kind of flip the, the concept um, of how we've looked at performance management traditionally as this sort of controlling force of what goals you're going to focus on and how we're going to rate you and instead focus more on it's a process through which we help people do their best work. I just think organizations can get lit on fire in the best way possible, their performance, their productivity by approaching this in a different way. Anything to add, Aaron? Or I mean, I would echo the sentiment uh, from Edie and say, you know, it's been a great opportunity to talk with you and the listeners. And, and hopefully they, you know, they got some, you know, they got a good mix, right? I, I sit on the practice side of using these tools and the software and, you know, kind of working with clients and educating them and onboarding them and helping them deploy these in organizations. And it's, you just learn so much from them and then having, you know, colleagues and advisors like Edie help partner and think through some of the things that are, lie ahead or it's, it's exciting. And you know, I think we have a, we have an exciting journey, all of us do in this space. I mean, I think we have a lot of value that we can provide and I think they're extremely important, if not necessary these days, given the change in work. And it's exciting. I mean, it's an exciting time to be in performance management and have solutions to help, you know, those people develop and really drive organizational performance. So thanks. 
Yeah, and it's been, I can tell in both of your voices that it's an exciting area for the two of you and extremely knowledgeable and love all of your examples you've offered. So we're gonna go ahead and head into our close. So thanks again to Edie and Aaron for being with us today. And thanks to the Nine to Thrive listeners. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating. Your rating helps other professionals and talent-minded people discover our program. For Nine to Thrive HR and all of us here at HCI, we appreciate you for tuning in. Make it a great day, everyone.